If you smash a tombstone, do you free a ghost? If eating carrots helps you see in the dark, how many carrots before you obtain fully operational night vision eyes? All these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life. Hello everyone, welcome to the show, welcome back. It is a fresh week of Paranormal Mysteries, and I am your host, Roy Powers, joined by my co-investigator, Kit Greer. How you doing, Kit? Doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. We had a bit of an exciting week last week, I guess it was now, yeah. where um, we were actually nominated for a British Podcast Award for Best Entertainment Podcast. Who knew? And we won it. Somehow. Who knew? <laughs> no, we didn't know that part for sure. <laughs> we actually managed to uh, win the award, which was super cool. And we got to uh, hang out with a bunch of awesome podcasters, people who are shaping the, the future of the audio space space you could have you could have joined in there and helped me out man you saw me drowning you saw me drowning in my own words and you you spat at me you threw rocks at me you could have helped i you retracted did the life float but we we also um at the awards we learned a lot we learned a lot about what was popular and there was one podcast on the night that cleaned up and it was a podcast by a guy named george the poet that's right, yeah. I think he was nominated for six awards, <laughs> won three. <laughs> Something insane. At was, least three. It was incredible. So obviously, you know, his podcast has a lot of production value. It's well-researched. He's obviously a super intelligent guy himself. Seems to be. But I think it's because people like poems. Right. So what can we do more of on our show is poems. And everyone said to us, guys, just be be happy with your win. Like, th- don't worry about George. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, just stick to, you know, you guys are great at what you do. And we said, f*** that. Exactly. We want what this guy's got. We said, roses are red, violets are blue. And they're like, stop trying to do a poem because that's not even a You're real making poem. That's your just own a show worse. <laughs> well, usually the only kind of poetry that I would find acceptable is slam poetry. We've done a bit of that in the podcast before. Yeah. Either slam poetry the form or slam poetry when you recite a poem while dunking a basket from half court. Oh, I didn't know that's what you meant. Slam dunk poetry. You didn't say that. That's why. <laughs> right. Sorry. That's probably why you didn't think of it. I didn't say it. But we're going to throw slam poetry aside. We're going to throw slam dunk poetry aside and just look at regular old poetry this week or should i say irregular old poetry hmm. that's too obscure cursed poetry oh that's it's much, a cursed poem oh sorry much yeah more i shouldn't have yeah let's just let's not beat around the bush here we're going to be investigating a poem so feared so cursed that apparently if you even read it aloud you are gonna suffer a terrible fate holy shit this poem is called tomino's hell now to find out how this poem became so feared we need to look back into its origins so let's go back to 1919 where a japanese poet named saijo yaso was working on his 27th collection of poems okay pretty prolific guy he's been doing this for a while now yaso was a very intelligent man he was a university professor lived in france for a while studying french poets Mm. but despite the fact that his later work was mostly for children it was often filled with unsettling imagery and wordplay that would nowadays be considered quite disturbing for a child to read (laughs) back then there were so few poets there were so few highly educated men like him 
had to get kids books from somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So, so it was like, Saijo, we love your work. Is there any way for this next children's anthology you could rein it in? Uh, my little Timmy, he was a bit disturbed by the last collection, to say the <laughs> least. He hasn't come out of his room for a little while. He uh, doesn't really sleep, actually, anymore. He's... <laughs> After your last story that you wrote, which I think was just not putting your elbows on the table, the story of not putting your elbows on the table, which, you know, you could write a little rhyme about, but yours, I think, said a demon would come Mm -hmm. and chew them off of your body. So we love what you were going for, but I think it just could be a little bit more kid friendly. Is there any way you can rein that in? You're shaking your head. Okay, no, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, you're the boss. (laughs) Write some more up shit and uh, I'll see if Tim... (laughs) I'll see if Timmy does any better this time, Ron. He's like, while you were talking, I drew this demon. Okay. (laughs) Terrifying. Wow. Also, not a poem. What did you study in France again? Now, when the 27th collection of his poems was released, one poem in particular stood out against the others. This poem was called Tomino's Hell. This poem was so damn strange that people didn't even like to read it aloud. This is some creepy stuff in a collection of already pretty unsettling poems. Now, we can talk a little bit more about the story later, but essentially it was a poem about a young boy's damnation to hell as punishment for actions that aren't specified in the poem. What has a young boy ever done to go to hell? I don't know, man. This is, what, 1919? Young boys were young men at this point. Are you sure? He was probably drinking, smoking, stabbing his way through his teens. I'm not sure that's how any boys lived, (laughs) at least not in, like, early 20th century Japan. I was going to say this isn't that long ago, but it's terrifyingly that is it is a hundred years ago but also you know what these old-timey books are like you know that they would give to children like look at um who's the original santa claus again krampus sure yeah that was a bit bit of a (laughs) revelation on this podcast like that was a children's book and i'm pretty sure he used to just steal kids in the night yeah and like eat them them. they were chained up in a little line like we've definitely um softened the edges of uh, children's entertainment these days. <laughs> Stop in the edges of Krampus, for <laughs> sure. We, we started by completely changing his name. Which is a really good start, because Krampus is scary as shit. Yeah, the name alone. But yeah, there is a long history of kind of children's, even children's entertainment, um, if you can call it that, has always had a dark twist to it. The kind of, uh, is it a Brothers Grimm? And all those kind of fairy tales. Yeah. Uh, they always had some kind of dark twist. You know, it was the Hansel and Gretel who were yeah. you know, eaten by a witch. That was terrifying. Or, you know, Little Red Riding Hood, who's terrified of being torn apart by this wolf. If anything, I think I think we've gotten too soft. I need, like, the inhabitants of Sesame Street, like, doing gang wars. Kermit should be, like, having <laughs> doing blow, showing kids the dangers of these things. <laughs> Just Kermit trying to teach about, like, gang warfare? <laughs> like, uh, what you want to do is, uh, to start, uh, stay in your own f- territory and don't, <laughs> don't step on Kermit Street, hmm? And if you run up on Kermit Street... With a blue flag hanging out your backside, <laughs> you're gonna get... You're gonna hear the rat pat But yeah, like, that that was the point of children's, quote, entertainment back in the day, was it wasn't really to entertain the children. It was to scare them. Scare to, them straight. Staying inside with their, with their mama and their papa. Absolutely. And staying safe. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. 
Well, obviously, due to the poem's unsettling themes and the fact that no one wanted to read it, it slipped away into obscurity. Then, over 50 years later, in 1983, a director by the name of Teriyama Shuji discovered the strange poem in Yasuo's collection and fell in love with it. <laughs> Sick bastard that he was. Despite the horrid themes and the rumors of the poem being cursed, Shuji decided to write and direct an entire movie based Shush. on Tomino's Hell. Yeah. The poem was called Denen ni Shisu, which in Japanese loosely translates to To Die in the Countryside. Mm. I watched the trailer for this because you can watch the trailer on YouTube. It is genuinely creepy as hell. Really? There's a lot of weird demony stuff and naked people getting spanked and a lot of stuff <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite understand or understand how it's still on YouTube. The movie was released to critical acclaim, but Shuji wasn't around for long to enjoy it. After the film was released, Shuji was rushed to hospital, suffering from cirrhosis of the liver. He died in hospital soon after. Now this obviously only worsened the rumors surrounding this poem. Was this the wrath of Tomino's hell? I mean, the director must have read it out loud at some point. I guess. I mean, he kind of has to at some point. Uh, cirrhosis of the liver definitely pushes the boundaries of what we would come to expect from a curse. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like slip and fall or just die of a heart attack. This isn't some Final Destination stuff, guys. This is a long protracted... This is gradual destination. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I very much to romanticize the story. The way I worded it, it's... It was a very accelerated version of how he died. I used a lot of words like shortly after, which is ambiguous enough to not really commit to a certain amount of time. Okay, well... Because I think I, it was years. Okay. I think there were years and a, years after. Oh, so year, not just a couple years. He was years. fine for a while. Again, I said he Oops. wasn't around to enjoy it for long. That's quite that's delightfully ambiguous. But you said it wasn't long, but it was also years and years. Yeah, it was it depends on how long you think a year is. How long do you think a year is? Compared to the birth of the universe, okay. it's a f millisecond kit. So it's all about perspective. Compared sure. to an ant, he'll never even see it. So you need to tell me what is my frame of reference here. Do you even know? I prefer to be delightfully ambiguous, sir, when I can. Are you even listening to <laughs> me at this point? I, feel Thanks, like these I are do appreciate the kind words. Okay, these are canned responses. Well, afraid that the wrath of the poem had taken a life, public fear increased, and the poem once again slipped into obscurity. If there was a song that by listening to it, you became cursed. Yeah, that song's probably not going to be in the iTunes charts. It's not going to be in the Billboard Top 100. Exactly. It probably is going to slide into obscurity because people can't freaking listen to it. Yeah, and as I said, this is 1983. Word of mouth is their Twitter. So if no one can tweet about it, no one's going to see it. It's just going to die. This film is weird enough. I don't think people are going to see this film. So they're not going to read the poem for sure. Yeah, presumably this wasn't like being shown in theaters at the same time as like Ghostbusters or something like I that. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it, it was like, should we see Back to the Future Part 2 or Denen Nishizu to die in the countryside? <laughs> well, I'm personally interested in the sequel to Back to the Future, but I know the kids would love Denen Nishizu <laughs> to die on the countryside. How many naked asses get spanked in Back to the Future Part 2? Does Doc slowly descend into the lower depths of hell 
as punishment for a crime not specified. I mean, time travel's got to be a pretty big crime, right? That's just got to be a sin. Yeah, it's funny to think of someone like reads a review for one of the movies. It's like, oh, an eccentric doc and his um, young accomplice uh, travel through time to save the day. And it's like the pages of the guide were like stuck together and walks into Dene no Shisu. <laughs> Is that the doc's apprentice? Is his little boy <laughs> falling into a demon's mouth? Where's the DeLorean? <laughs> it's like, I love the first one, but they went straight out of left field with this sequel. <laughs> he like marathoned them. So the first one ends with them being like, we got to go back to the future. And he's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> the future's a f- hell countryside. <laughs> demon spanking ass it's like all right he's a bit weird doc has not aged well doc has not aged well he's also asian for some reason <laughs> is that a byproduct of time travel <laughs> the poem once again slipped into obscurity that is until japanese writer and film critic inuhiko yomata decided to include it in a book he published in 1998 called the heart is like a rolling stone Now, knowing the legends that surrounded the poem, the book contained a disclosure written in Japanese that said, If you by chance happen to read this poem out loud, after you will suffer from a terrible fate which cannot be escaped. Whoa. So now it's becoming like part of the actual print of the poem. Yeah, like he felt he needed to include a disclaimer, which is a weird angle. I mean, if you really believe that it's going to kill someone, don't print the poem. Hey, man, we haven't read the poem yet. It could be the most beautiful, cursed thing well, you've so ever read. Well, so it's worth it. <laughs> Maybe, well, because also, think about it. You can, if the poem is that great and you really love it, you can put it in the book and just say, hey, read the poem, enjoy the poem, just don't read the poem out loud. Because mm-hmm. that's it. You can still read it, but without saying the words, I think that's what it takes to activate the curse. Okay, okay, so there's there's rules here. Yeah. Well, eventually, as time went on, the poem ended up where all creepy, curse-inflicting things end up. The internet! <gasps> A post on an online forum managed to translate the Japanese into English, which is something that I don't think had previously been done before. Right. Because these were all Japanese poetry books who were publishing versions of this poem. But no one had actually translated the poem into English yet. Or at least no one had successfully done it and survived. Maybe people had tried and then immediately their liver just crapped out on the the spot. Ballooned up to an entire room and then just dropped. Could be. Now, the exact same with the Japanese version of the story. This one came with the warning... If you read the poem aloud, you'll suffer a terrible fate. So naturally, people started reading this thing. Hashtag Denenoshisu <laughs> Read Challenge. Upload to YouTube, upload to every uh, social media platform. We're going to do it for charity, guys. I love that, you know, through all these the generations we've been through with this poem, it never changes. People want to read this thing. They want to make movies about it. We're obsessed with anything that can kill us. Right. It's like we're dancing the razor's edge. Juggling with knives. Uh, these are all things I like to do. Absolutely. That's my weekend plans. So from that original post online, people obviously start reading it and then start replying underneath. And the replies kind of vary. Some people state they'd read it in full and they felt fine. But others mentioned panic attacks, 
headaches, dizziness. Some people had family members or loved ones pass away shortly after. And some people who said that they were about to read the poem and would reply with whatever happened never even returned to the forum. I mean, I don't know. They straight up died. Okay, we can infer that just because they didn't post in that forum again that they died. If you, if they gave their goddamn word, yeah, saying I'm gonna read the curse poem, uh-huh. I'll, you know, type it away. I'll, uh, I'll let you guys know what happens. Yeah. BRB, G to G, mom's making spaghetti hoops, Dragon King. Why? If they sign off. <laughs> okay, that's their that's username. That's their username. Yeah, okay. that was their username. They've signed off. So everyone's waiting on the forms. Hey, sure. where's Dragon where's King? Dragon King? Have you seen Dragon King? The days pass. That's weird. Dragon King usually comes online every day at seven after spaghetti hoops. Weeks are passing now. Messages are piling up. Where yeah. the hell is Dragon King? Yeah. He's gone. He's gone off the forums. He's gone offline. Uh, he's off the grid. He's AFK. That doesn't mean he's dead, though. He, where is he gone? I know Dragon King didn't get a life. <laughs> His name's goddamn Dragon King and he eats spaghetti hoops for dinner every night. That f- is going on forums maybe his mom took away his forum access privileges he sounds pretty young by the sounds of things maybe his mom took away his form privileges when his liver swooled up to a car okay so we might need to park the idea that the people who didn't post again died instantly i just that's what i think okay that's my personal opinion if you, if they obviously didn't reply with what had happened they died okay you don't reply you die So, what are your thoughts so far, Kit? We got this poem that's been handed down from generation to generation. Even from the start, there was something weird about it, something upsetting. Even though it was meant for children, the director of the movie died. It now has a note that goes along with it saying you can't read it aloud or you're cursed. I completely forgot the whole this was written for children thing. That's quite alarming. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if it was directly written for children, but the guy wrote a lot of children's books and stories and poems. Who is this person? So this was a this was a bit of a weird twist. I feel like he really didn't want to write children's things, and that was the only place there was money. And he was like, ah, I guess yeah. I'll write another children's book. This one's about... Well, I got to put a child in it. Uh, Tamino, he's a little seven-year-old kid, and uh, he's going okay. to hell. Okay, no, the yeah. last one was about hell. <laughs> he's doing devil signs. <laughs> the last one was about hell. All right, sorry. Okay, listen, Tamino, little Tamino, great. The kids love to see other little kids in the book. They love reading about okay. it. That they enjoy that. But uh, can we think of a different situation than hell? Okay, maybe? it's about little kid Tamino. Okay, yeah, he, well, he's we, your average Joe that. kid. Everyone loves him. Sure. All the guys want to be him. All the girls want to date him. Weird to say about a child. Fine. And it's about Tomino's journey. Sure. Uh, like where, this where's he going? Is he going? Like, well, let's think, where would kids, you know, be? Well, I think in this so, story, he's going to the underworld. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got us. <laughs> Any location that ends with you going... <laughs> Uh, right. We probably don't want to send Tomino for this children's anthology. Okay. Uh, what about like a play park or uh, the beach or somewhere oh, like that? Being sent to the play park for what he did? That, that Wait, little what, sinning bastard? What did Tomino do? What did Tomino do? Well, that's delightfully ambiguous. <laughs> ah! uh, I, I'm not sure exactly who the audience is for this, but hey, maybe that's... 
Maybe this is just where he was coming from. I mean, it could be that where did this curse originate? Maybe this author was possessed to write this stuff, was basically cursed to write these things. He didn't want to create these hellish children's books to curse generations of people with livers that are going to crap out on them. That could be it, because he seems like a perfectly normal dude up until this very cursed poem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe it was just channeling through him. Look, we can dance around it all day, but... If we want to come to any sort of conclusion with this thing, I think there's only one thing we can do. We gotta read this poem. Kit, I have in front of me Tomino's Curse. I have the translated English version, and I am prepared to read it out now on the podcast. You're prepared to read it? I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it out loud. Read it a la curse? I don't know if this is gonna affect me. I don't know if it's gonna affect you. I hope not. It can affect anyone, I think. So that's why you're willing to do it? I'm ready to put your life on the line and, wow. see, and see if this thing really is cursed. I'm like, all right, let's uh, let's see if this thing is really cursed. I like put on my crucifix, my priest robe. I've got a shield. Hey, bro, do I get any of those things? <laughs> Sorry, man, you should have brought your own. I really got you a double You didn't tell down. me anything about this episode. I've got a holy blade. <laughs> okay, can we, can we put a pause on this thing? You lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, you're in it now. I'm like, I'm holding, hugging the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Where did you find that? I'm ready to read it out loud. So the symptoms that we're looking for that are pretty common in people who have read the story. Okay. The mild ones, headaches, regular aches, pains in your body. Okay. General malaise. Yeah, you know, kind of like a panic attacks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, irregular heartbeats, that sort of stuff. Okay. Anything like that. And then the extreme version, I guess if one of us dies, that's a pretty yeah, that's, sure sign. Yeah. Uh, if our family die, anything like that. I, again, I'm pretty well protected because I brought all my shit. I, I think it's only fair if I'm we... I'm not. Well, yeah, but it's only... It doesn't make any sense if we're both protected. Why? Because then... Wh- how do we know if it works or not? Someone's got to be exposed. Well, can someone's got to be protected. How about we just get in like a little like guinea pig or something? Well, you know, you're here. It, there was something earlier about loved ones and like, uh, I love you. You're your loved one. Uh-huh. So I figure, you know, you can go. It'll get you. That's your attitude towards loved ones is they can go. Right. Well, just if we want to see if it works or not. If that's the case, I'd rather not be a loved one. Thanks very much. I just, I don't want to, you you know, you know that if I could, I would give you any of this. This sword? Yeah. Huge, I, would, I would give you gigantic. this holy blade if I could, man. Give it to me right now. You've got so many other protective If If I artifacts. could just give it to you. You if can. I could just I'm give right you this sword, I'm, ho- I'm holding it, but you're, you're very... It's tightly gripping it. Fact. It's killing me. I can't give it to you. So just, yeah, just give that back because. Okay. Look, if I die, look, if it gets me is the only thing, then no one finishes the the poem. I gotta fine. finish the poem. Why do you have to finish the poem? You sound cursed. No, you sound possessed. <laughs> just let this happen to me. No. The sword is glowing. <laughs> now I will say, if it doesn't work. Another explanation could be that we are reading the translated English and not the original Japanese, which some people say you need to do to activate the curse. But you know what? Let's just let's get in this thing. Let's let's read this bad boy. Ladies and gentlemen listening, you have been warned. This is your last chance to turn off the podcast before you are exposed to Tomino's curse. You should be safe because you are not reading it. However, Uh, There may be some sort of side effects that you may experience, um, but it is primarily the host of this podcast, 
myself and Roy that are in immediate danger. And if I could, as I said, if I could give you, the audience, or Kit, just any piece of this protective gear that I have loaded safe, out. Just please, just anything. What, one I, of those rosary beads. I you have would, seven, looks like it, seven rosary beads. It kills me that I have to have to carry all of this on me. It's actually pretty heavy as shit, but right, I know my... The load, I know buddy. my... <laughs> Can I just at least can I at least hold one of the necklaces while while you're wearing it? I really think your luck will uh, neutralize the holiness of it. So I just rather what I'd is, rather actually. What does that even mean? I'd actually rather you back to the f- up just a couple steps because you're getting close to my sword, and I don't know if I'm going to start swinging this thing when the poem is read. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's going to come through me. So if it we doesn't could just sound very holy. I don't think the Holy Spirit would like, want you to do that. Who knows with these things? It might it might be aggravated. I got a lot. I'm dealing with a lot of shit here. I don't think the Holy Spirit has ever been aggravated. This helmet is from the Knights of Templar. I right. bought it on eBay for two grand. I don't know. I can't. I can barely see in this f- thing. I don't know who's near me. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So just you need to be careful, all right? Because the tablets are heavy. I've got the holy hand grenade somewhere. I think it's in my back pocket or my other chinos. Why a two grand helmet and then chinos? Because there's no holy chinos. There's no holy pants. I got to wear my regular shit. We're getting sidetracked here, all right? Let me adjust the helmet. There you go. I can see again. Ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. Tomino's curse. Here we go. Elder sister vomits blood. Younger sister's breathing fire, while sweet little Tomino just spits up the jewels. All alone does Tomino go falling into that hell, a hell of utter darkness, without even flowers. Is Tomino's big sister the one who whips him? The per... Hearing a bit of laughter, so that's rude to, to Tamino. The, the, no, you're interrupting. Yeah, but because you're laughing at me, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to curse you here, and you won't let me do you're it. You're trying to curse me. All right, yeah, the truth comes out. I'm trying to curse you. I've wanted to host this podcast solo from day one. You must have known that by now. And Remember last you- week, week when we investigated that knife? And I just threw it at you at the conclusion. You didn't catch a drift then. You've been investigating curse after curse and none of them have worked. And now it's come to this. Yeah, it's a bit weird for a children's poem, but it's 1919. All right. This is basically Dora the Explorer. (laughs) The war was just over. There wasn't a lot of sunshine and rainbows going around. Is Tomino's big sister the one who whips him? The purpose of the scourging hangs dark in his mind. Lashing and thrashing him, ah, but never quite shattering. One sure path to Avicii, the eternal hell. How much did he put in that leather pouch to prepare for his trek to the eternal hell? The nightingale in her cage, the sheep aboard the wagon, and tears well up in the eyes of sweet little Tomino. Sing, O nightingale, in the vast misty forest. He screams, he only misses his little sister. Down past the seven mountains and seven rivers of hell, the solitary journey of sweet little Tomino. If in this hell they'd be found, may they then come to me, please, those sharp spikes of punishment from Needle Mountain. Not just on some empty whim is flesh pierced with blood-red pins. They serve as hellish signposts for sweet little Tomino. 
So long. (laughs) It's pretty long. I don't know. What do you think? Is that what you expected? It was... It's almost weirder. It's a lot more hellish than I expected. I thought it would be creepy. I didn't think it would be about literally... I think so. We had vomiting blood. Tomino getting lashed with a whip by his older sister. Yeah, I think you use the term "needle mountain" uh, towards the <laughs> Which end. In any context, is going to be a pretty bad place to visit. Yep. Like even if you're a freaking junkie, <laughs> Needle Mountain is not going to be somewhere you want it's to visit. It's not going to be a cozy place to take a nap and lie down. Needle Mountain. No, absolutely not. The the nice thing about this poem is there's actual uh, people who have, like, I don't know, studied poetry at university who consider themselves to be experts who have broken this down like you would analyze any mm-hmm. other poem and, like, um, thought about what the original writer meant by certain things. Uh, so there's a lot of different interpretations of the story. Some are a little more literal and some are a little more, I don't know, they could be about representing different parts of life or war or death. Mm. But I don't know, it seems pretty much about sweet little Tomino going to hell. Some people think he killed his mom and dad. Some people think he was like having bad thoughts about his sister or something. Some really weird dark stuff that I really don't think a child should be reading. I can't comprehend how this is has anything to do with children, why <laughs> any child should be reading this. But I guess maybe it's like we said before, it's like this is the warning. If you if you act like little to me, sweet little Tomino, yeah, you're gonna get go to Needle Mountain. <laughs> you're going to Needle Mountain, you little bastard. That's what the parents are saying to their kids. I was nineteen, nineteen parenting. Because that's, I mean, you could see how this would work. You know, um, you know, your kid is uh gets chucked out of school for throwing rocks or something, and you know, you're in, you're walking home from school, and you're talking to your kid, and you're like, you know, what happened today? What you did reminds me of sweet little Tomino. Oh. You know, you can kind of work that into it. And they're like, oh, who's, who is sweet little Tomino, Papa? He was a naughty boy just like you. It's like, oh, like me. What happened to sweet little Tomino? And the little kid's licking a big old lollipop at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's like, well, he, he's having a nice time. He was punished for his wrongdoings. And it's like, oh, like, like I'll be punished? And it's like, no, no, not not quite as uh, as bad as what happened to Tomino. Tamino went to Needle Mountain. Tamino was spanked by his sister. Tamino drowned in the rivers of hell. And it's like, oh, that sounds awful. And then it's like, oh, so if you don't change your ways, you're getting a one-way ticket to Needle Mountain, you little son of a bitch. That's, <laughs> sorry. I kind of lost your temper yeah. there in the, in you, the, the end. You kind of, yeah, I made the story redundant because I just yelled at the child. I feel um, like this line of parenting is almost counterintuitive though because the cons all the poetic techniques and and literary devices here are too complex for young children to understand and the kids would probably be far better punished by saying if you act like little tomino you won't get any sweets yeah that's hell for children that it <laughs> that's doesn't needle get mountain that for kids. Is needle mountain for <laughs> Frickin' toddlers. They don't understand getting whipped and all the rest of it. But again, I guess it's like a... It's a frame of reference, isn't it? So 1919, maybe this was it. It was a bit more... Like, even the way kids spoke back then was a bit more romantic and old Englishy. 
So maybe it was more like, he hath gone down thon path, you know, a bit more played up. Not just Tomino don't get no chocolate milk after Dindins. It had to be like written in a very romantic way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much has changed since then. I guess a lot. I mean, we just read the poem in full. How, how do you feel? I feel all right, I think. I didn't, I, I didn't notice anything immediately. I got I, a little short of breath, I guess, at the end. But I was on a tear. I was really getting into that by the end of the story. I don't feel, I'm not sore. I don't have any headaches. I feel pretty untouched. Now that doesn't mean that I'm immune to any of the longer, uh, the longer form effects of this curse. Yes, granted, I am in a priest's robes with a magical uh, shield, a holy sword and tablets. You were the one that's fully exposed. Do you feel any effects at all of Tamino's hell? I feel cold. Okay. I feel... That's actually pretty weird because it's usually pretty damn hot in this room. I feel cold. I think I think I feel my lips going blue. Okay, a that's really bit. so really that cold. That could be, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm freezing. Wow. Yeah. At the start, I just I thought you meant like a chill. No, I can't feel anything at this point actually anymore. Is it getting? It sounds like it's getting worse as you're talking to me. Because at the start much. you said a little cold. Pretty. And much. now you're saying you're completely numb. I think. All my digits need to be amputated. So this I don't is think I can move anything anymore. A lot quick. You're freezing over as you're looking at me. I can Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let it be known that while I remain perfectly safe, uh, Kit has frozen please, solid. Uh, the sword. Let me use this. Let me touch the holy sword. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you the sword, man. Just one touch. The what? I can't hear you. The sword. You're bored. Touch the I'm wrapping sword. up. I'm wrapping up. I wish I could give you any of this ah. shit, but I can't. Enjoy Needle Mountain, asshole. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Um, so it's safe to say that for us, not much of an effect. Not much of an immediate effect. We don't have any uh, immediate evidence on that one. But I had a little hunt online for some recent replies and comments about reading this story, just to see if this thing is still kicking about. 
if it's still cursed. I went on a couple different websites and found a couple different comments from people who read the curse out loud. I should warn you, some of them are weird, some of them are not so weird. Uh, you know, you got to pick from everywhere when you're investigating the paranormal. Of course. Hero Brian Winter said, If you are a Christian, I suggest don't read this at all. <laughs> reading this both ways will summon demons out to hunt you. What does he mean reading it both ways? I think in English and in Japanese. Okay, so either way. Right. Either way will apparently summon demons to hunt you. Wow. They never mentioned that before. Yeah. They mentioned like a, a bit of a headache pains not a like a demon assassination squad it seems to be applying some uh kind of like religious paranormal science to this which will always come in when we're talking about curses i think to a certain degree yeah so like what's causing the health problems what's causing the headaches what's causing the deaths uh is it a legion of demons very possibly we can't see them we don't know we don't know jessica said i read it and my mother now has an allergy to peanuts her loved ones and family being affected by the curse. Once again, need to know the time scale on that. I, uh, ooh, uh, uh, moving on. Kai said, <laughs> Kai said, I read it in both English and Japanese and nothing happened to me. It's all good, fam. We won't die. Shit won't happen. So Kai read it in both. He yeah. seems pretty confident in his pronunciation seems, of the yeah, Japanese. pretty ballsy. And he says he's fine. But... Allopixel100 said, My boyfriend read this aloud in a different building entirely, and I ended up throwing up. I told them about it, and they admitted that they had read it. It might just be a coincidence, but it's still scary. I'm suddenly crying, and I've seen that this is happening to other people, too. Weird. Yeah, I guess maybe her and her boyfriend promised they wouldn't read it. And then she was just in class and went, Hah! Yeah. And then called her boyfriend and was like, Did you read it? He's like, yeah, why? Well, did something happen? So like, I threw up everywhere. Your loved one's being affected. Uh, I like to think that Kai, it's like, he seems to be really ballsy about it and he seems to be unaffected, but uh-oh, uh, it looks like he hasn't logged in in six <laughs> months. So uh, I guess he died immediately after writing that. I didn't see a reply comment from any of these people, so I assume they're <laughs> all gone. They're all dead, probably. <laughs> This girl, I think, just sicked up her own heart and died right on the right while she was writing this, probably. Probably. So we've got a little, we've got a variety of people. You know, Kai's going strong, but a couple of these other people are crying, vomiting, having a, allergies pop out of nowhere to, for peanuts. I mean, you potentially getting a curse and then your mom developing a peanut allergy yeah. is pretty low stakes in the curse game. I don't know, man. If you threw a peanut at me right now, I might drop dead. I don't know how it's affected me. That's pretty true. Imagine if that was the only effect of this curse. We just developed mysterious allergies and we had no idea what they were yeah that's the shittiest curse of all time i realize tomorrow i'm now lactose intolerant it's like god damn it i can't it's, even really say that was a curse this is a minor inconvenience for the rest of my life tomino <laughs> all right look let's start wrapping this bad boy up because we've read the poem we've read the testimonies of people that have read the poem and we know all about the history of this bad boy okay what are your thoughts where are you at this is pretty badass. We haven't got the chance to talk about something so specific as a cursed piece of literature. Mm. I love that idea. The idea that this guy wrote so many different pieces of work in his lifetime, but there was just something in his entire bibliography 
that just jumped out of the page. Maybe it was written in goddamn blood, but just whoever read it just said, this is satanic as shit. That's pretty impressive. And we need to reproduce it and show people. And it also speaks to kind of this morbid fascination that people have. It's also kind of interesting, like Japan is famous for... um, creations of horror in cinema in manga in literature that they there's like japanese masters of the horror genre so it's kind of interesting that they would have someone in the world of poetry being able children's poetry children's poetry (laughs) to be able to create something so creepy Mm. i suppose the difficulty in this is we have something that is bona fide very, very creepy, bona fide, curse-like writing. Uh, and I don't even want to know what it's like in the original Japanese. This translation was really good, uh, it seemed like. But the difficulty is, how can we prove that this is has some kind of paranormal effect and it isn't just some kind of psychological placebo that enough people have told each other that it's going to have an effect on you, that they kind of just believe it into happening. Yeah, but, especially but- a lot of those ones where it's like, oh, I read it and, like, my heart was racing. Like, that's yeah. not really an effect of so a curse. you got a bit excited, yeah, potentially. Yeah, you're, you're scared because you're reading a poem that you think is going to curse you. Like, a lot of those, I think, can be explained. So that does make sense. That's definitely a risk that you run in this instance. And we've touched upon it with other curse stories in the past. It does, even when you've got, like we have with the Curse of Tutankhamun, the Curse of the Hope Diamond, and others... Even when you've got a number of deaths attached to one curse object, jeez, hmm. oh, it's really hard to pin down why someone died. It is, yeah. And I mean, we've investigated curses that have claimed a lot more lives than this one, which is pretty much only one that can be confirmed, the director, and he died quite a while after the movie was released well you never told us but we sort of assumed that was the case it was years it was years and years and years afterwards okay so now it's years and years and years to the birth of the universe right the birth of the year is a is a microsecond is tiny you couldn't even see it what about compared to us our lifetime it's pretty long it's about it's it's over 300 days for sure which I consider to be pretty damn long. Like if you were 10 years old, yeah. it would be like six tenths of your life. <laughs> so it was, I don't want to say how many years it was. So it was six years. It was, it was around six years. Six yeah, years. It was quite a long time, I suppose. A huge number but of years. But compared to when the dinosaurs roamed the earth to sure. now, yeah, that's barely even years. a scratch sure. on the time, time spectrum. It's exactly 10 million times less than that. But it is thousands and thousands of days, more than thousands of days. So it's, it's quite a while if you look at it, if you break it down into like the day to day, like hours, it's I don't even know, man, like hundreds of thousands. It's crazy. It's super long. Point being, it's very difficult to connect that death with that poem. Yes. If he died the day after or during production, sure, that's pretty convincing. Pretty convincing. But alas, he did not. It is. There's something pretty creepy, though, about the fact that the poem itself, people attached warnings to it down the line. There's something kind of cool that the original author never said, don't read it out loud. He just wrote it and it was evil. And then people discovered that it was, there was something crazy wrong with it. It wasn't like Tutankhamun where they had up the seal that said, if you enter here, you'll die. Yeah. There's no warning on this thing. We don't know if it's going to give us a peanut allergy. We don't know if it's going to send our souls to purgatory forever. Or God forbid, Needle Mountain. Needle Mountain, hang out with little Tamino. Yeah. 
who, by the way, is going to be, he's the one <laughs> flogging you with the whip. <laughs> which which is kind of cool because if he had written it and had been like, by the way, this is super cursed, we could have been like, okay, he wrote it as like a ghost story or to get some more publicity. Like that was the gimmick behind it. But as you said, he just wrote it. He just wrote it and it was scary as shit. And other people said this is cursed. It's a It's a very scary little poem. Like, it is quite unsettling to read because there's nothing directly horrible in it. But a lot of the imagery and stuff that it mentions is, yeah, it's not very nice. It does make you feel a little uneasy. It definitely does. And I think a lot of people are, I don't know, instead of realizing that they're just visualizing a lot of horrible things, they think it's some sort of curse taking effect in their brain and affecting their body. I don't know about you, but... If we had read this and something had happened to me pretty soon afterwards, maybe I would be swaying over to the yes side, but I think it's going to be a no for me this week. <laughs> You'd be on your deathbed with a thumbs up like it's a double <coughs> yes this week. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, as always, we need more evidence on this show. Uh, fascinating poem, fascinating curse. But we just don't have enough to say that this has had some paranormal effect. It's a no. It's a double no. But hey, everyone listening to this podcast, I absolutely encourage you to check out this poem online. If you're feeling courageous enough, read it out yourself. If you're confident in your Japanese, read out the Japanese. I think that's the one that really gets things going. (laughs) And let us know if you are cursed or your liver swells up like a hot air balloon. Just let us know what's going on and maybe we'll change our minds. But... Regardless, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. You know, we, we do a lot of different things on this podcast. We investigate the paranormal. We Sometimes we investigate poems. Maybe we're not the smartest podcast out there. But do you think George the Poet is reading cursed poems, risking his life on his podcast? Oh, actually, I'm just on iTunes. It looks like he's got several episodes actually about he's actually got a two-part series on this poem on on tomino yeah on tomino yeah looks like he has some pretty illuminating thoughts on it so he read it yeah it seems like it before and actually before his us, career seems to be going pretty well since the poem shit because our numbers are down yeah like since the award i don't know how that works there i i'm watching them right now they are just <laughs> plummeting down. the tpl stock is just <laughs> dipping massively when they said i was going to needle mountain i thought they meant there was going to be a spike in numbers like we were going up 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 baby but it turns out hell is down and we have been plummeting since episode one so yeah let me know uh let me know if you are affected by the curse poem and thank you so much for listening to this episode of this paranormal life if you want to get in touch with us whether you want to let us know what happened when you read the poem or you have a case you want us to investigate just pop us an email at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You guys know where to find us. It's not too hard. And as always, if you want a little bit extra, a little bit on the side, Ooh. maybe you're a naughty little boy like Tamino. You haven't had enough paranormal sweets. You want to dip your hand in the bowl. We're not going to punish you for We're it. We're not going to curse you for it. Absolutely not. We're not going to spank you because we have a whole bowl of bonus episodes ready for you to gobble up, little Tamino. That's right on our Patreon for just five bucks a month. You can get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes that we've been making for hell a year now so that's quite a few episodes and even below that for two dollars what you can do is get yourself a very special shout out on the podcast which 
we're going to do right now for a bunch of our patrons who've supported us in the past. That's right. Special thank you to Norm Nelson. Nelson is anything but the norm. He's actually pretty abnorm. He's a unique guy. He's the kind of Nelson that you want on your team. He's like a vintage coin. The full Nelson, if you will. (laughs) The full Nelson. We're glad to have you on board, Mr. Nelson. And thank you for your support. Thank you also to Joe Stevenson. Joan, stop. Steven. (laughs) Wow. It's Joe. He's here. He is Steven. He's got me believing that his support is never ending. Joe, I don't know where you came from. And I don't know how you got your dirty money. But I'm going to take it and I'm going to spend it on paranormal gear to hunt beasts. Whether they're cryptids or buffalo, whatever it takes, buddy, to make an episode of this podcast. So thank you. Thanks also to Sean Hannon. Sean Hannon's always hanging around the alleys. You know, hanging around the street corners, rolling dice, playing cards. He's got one of those butterfly knives. But he's not very good with it. He's like cutting up his fingers. He's sure. he's had to go to hospital a couple times because he tried to do some of those cool tricks and just ugh, just jabbed himself with it. Weird life choices: cards, butterfly knives. Yeah, he's because he's not quite gambling because it's no one's playing with him. He's more of like a magician with a knife. Go back to school, <laughs> Sean. Sean, I don't know how you're hustling people for this money, but we appreciate the support. Thank you. Thanks also to Matthias Jensen. Matthias Jensen with the Paranormal Pension. That's right, when his company came around and said, do you want us to, you know, invest some of your paycheck into a pension for further? He said, hell no, I'm going to invest in one thing, the paranormal. And he just picked up his payslip and threw it out the window. Whoa. Which was weird because that's not investigating the paranormal. I think it was more of a statement. But, uh, it looked cool at the time. It did, but Not that was smart. like two grand down the. He, did, he almost lost the house that month because he couldn't pay the rent because he was investigating the paranormal. I think investing in the paranormal is like the closest thing to that is like the is like the ancient Egyptians building those big ass tombs full of just like shit for the afterlife. Yeah, pointless and expensive. But thank you for your support. Thanks also to Jim's band. This is actually the name of Agent 008, James Band. He never actually passed the, the test required to become a secret agent, but they all kind of felt bad for him. So they gave him a gun with no bullets in it and sent him on a mission, which was just to go have as much fun as possible. Mm-hmm. So he's just been kind of roaming around telling people he's a spy because he's not very good at keeping it a secret either. He's like... He just walks into a room and they're like, oh, sir, nice to meet 008, James Band, secret agent. And they're like, I just wanted to know if I could take your coat, sir. I'm on a mission to have fun. Okay, thank you. Good, good to, yes, thank you, sir. Is he always like that? He's always been like that. He's always been like this. But hey, if some of that mission money ends up in our pockets, James, then you've got the license to thrill my heart. Thank you also to Julia Puddicombe. Julia Puddicombe lives in a honeycomb. She evicted a whole bunch of bees. (laughs) Apparently, you just blow smoke in there. They can't really handle smoke. Yeah, that's not evicting bees. I think that 
kills them. In the instant <laughs> those suckers left the hive, she moved right in. Uh, really upscaled the place, painted the place white, you know, got some real minimal uh, yeah, minimal furniture in there. Made the place really sing. Because she tried to legally evict a bunch of bees before this. Yeah. Um, she tried to put up the eviction notice on the beehive and just hammered that thing. It exploded. It cracked open. Bees came out everywhere. and The property <laughs> itself was ruined. <laughs> it was. And the bees unleashed their stingy wrath. So now she's like, I'm going to evict via gas. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh, cruel but effective. Yeah. I think you would make a shrewd business person. So thank you, Julia, for your support. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Ethan and Patrice. Ethan and Patrice were actually two of the paranormal investigators I first went hunting with. Really? Yeah, we were out in the woods uh, camping one night looking for the chupacabra. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was like 3 a.m. We heard like rustling noises and, and roaring. And That'll I, be him. I freaked out, man. I, I just, still in my freaking sleeping bag, just jumped out of the, the tent. And I'm in a panic. I'm zipping that thing up again. Mm-hmm. They're clawing at the fabric. They're trying to undo the zip. Yeah. I'm like, boys, I'm sorry. Only one of us is getting out of here. So I take a couple steps forward. Then I see they're starting to get the zip undone. I go back. I zip it up. I padlock yeah, that thing. Yeah. You know, boys, And, you, and you've got all the supplies, all the weapons, everything you would need to keep the Chupacabra Bay all in the, the tent. Yeah. Everything to, to capture and tame the beast, I'm taking with me because I need it. Bait doesn't need equipment. All right. So I'm I'm running for the hills here. I didn't realize that we're literally like 10 feet from a school football field. What I saw was the school mascot taking a whiz three feet from the goal line. But um, it's a funny story now, and I'm glad to see they've forgiven me, which is quite nice. I guess they have. Well, at least they got out of the tent. That's pretty good. That's a good start. That's a great start. (laughs) So thanks, guys, and thank you to everyone that we read out today who has supported us on Patreon. Now, if you're waiting for your shout-out, don't worry. we got a bit of a chunk to get through, but we're getting through them every episode. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode on Tomino's Hell, and we will be back next week with a brand new terrifying paranormal tale. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.